All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer that stands for the one and twos, 1-800-707-9760. This next segment is going to be sponsored by Talau Orchid at the Dominion. Talau Orchid at Dominion is open Monday through Friday from 5 to 9. They have a great menu to choose from, family atmosphere as well, too. If you're out in the Rim area, in the Dominion area, make sure you stop by Talau Orchid. That's Talau Orchid at Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Um. All right. So keeping it moving, a couple of things. So we'll see what happens tonight. It should be very interesting game tonight. Um, you know, I expect a better effort from Boston. I think Boston's going to try to come out like gangbusters. You know, it's going to be interesting to me what role players from Golden State shoot better coming back from Boston, coming back by the Bay. Um, how electric is this crowd going to be? Uh, compared to what they've seen their their team go through in Boston, I don't you know how as vulgar as Boston can be. That's something that's rooted in them. I don't think Golden State can you know m- you know come across and try to match that. And I don't think they really want to go that far. But how electric? Because I still think the old arena that they played in outside you know this is the Chase Arena. They made that move. They're more in Tech Land. They're more in you know kind of bougie land. I don't know if it gets as loud as it did in the other one in Oracle. But I mean, it still gets kind of loud. But and also, and and who are the like Draymond? Because I heard Clay talk about. But then when I talk about Pool, which is you know, Pool kind of had a little side there. I think Pool came out with some aggression in Game Four. But how do they took it as a team? Like, look, man, this guy saved us. This guy put us in position to to get home court back. We we got to come help him out. Uh, this particular game, keeping a goal to state. So that's going to be interesting tonight. And what adjustments? Um, you know, does. Does Adoka do? And I just really feel that, you know, it's one of those situations to where they – and another thing is that Boston has to find a way, no matter what the score is at halftime, they've got to find a way to win a third quarter because it becomes a psychological situation, a thing in regards to like, hey, here's this third quarter. You don't know how the first half's going to go. So it, to me, whether they're down at halftime or up at halftime, Boston has to find a way to win a third quarter because I think that's what Golden State did Friday. Whether that was Steph Willing or whatever, they knew in the fourth quarter, look, man, we've been getting our ass handed to us in the fourth quarter. We've got to find a way to hold on and win this one, especially if we want to tie up this series and get home court advantage back. 1-800-707-9760. What else you got, Jonas? Just a player prop looking at uh, Draymond Green. Uh, they've got a prop set for ten points and eight rebounds, at plus four for- plus four fifty odds. Ten plus points and eight plus rebounds. Do you think he even gets close to that? And how how long is the leash that Steve Kerr is going to give Draymond tonight to perform? And you said the odds are plus four fifty on that for him for to go at points, least that or more. A ten a minimum of ten points and eight rebounds. You know, to be honest with you, I'm not a prop guy. Uh, you know, I never really handicap those. I never give them out prop bets for free. I mean, the only time we talk about them on this show is around Super Bowl time. Um, but if I was a prop, that'd be, that would be a small lean on that one because, again, you would expect him getting back home. I mean, the last good game he had in this series was game two at home. He had a horrible game one as well, too. It just it was not as much said after uh, after game one as it was game two that brought all this scrutiny on him. Um you know, I don't know really about the re- the rebounds really should be in over 10. I mean, Draymond, I mean, his specialty is not really scoring. I mean, everybody's focused on a total of four points. 
in two games in Boston. But what I look at is just the body language and the effort and the rebounding, control the boards, controlling the defense, defensive effort. That's just really what's been lacking. And it just Friday night, he just looked like he didn't want any parts of it still. In the first half, even while Steph was doing his thing, he just looked like a guy that really – as you know, you hate to be that guy, but looks like he bit off more than he could chew with everything, you know. Um, so I don't know, but we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he bounces back, but I, I that to me, I wouldn't even look like oh, Draymond's back. I, I wouldn't say that until I see him possibly if they win a night in a closeout situation on the road. How does he perform in that way? Because he did, he did almost have a double double on Friday, nine rebounds, eight assists. As you talked about him playing hot potato. So then the second half to that question is. How long is the leash that Steve Kerr is going to give him tonight? I don't know. I mean, I think it personally, it should, if you're coming down to a two out of three series, I think it should be short. I think it should be short. I mean, it's going to hurt his pride a little bit. Uh, but if this just ain't the series for him, uh, mentally, then you just, I mean, you got other guys, you got what, 11 other guys on that team that, that you owe it to. And you damn sure got two guys in Clay. And Steph that you owe it to. I mean, hell, Clay. That see, that's the thing. Clay didn't really have it going in Game Four in the first half, really much. But what was Clay doing? Clay was doing strips. He was getting the ball stripped from whatever. He was getting a rebound here. He was taking a charge here. He was deflecting out of. He was doing little things until he was able to hit that one shot. A couple shots here and there that he did. You know, one eight hundred seven zero seven nine seven sixty. Worth noting, Iguodala is questionable for tonight. This isn't the series for Iguodala. I don't. I don't think Iguodala. I just think where he's at, um, and it showed that to me kind of in game one. I just don't know if he's got anything left in the tank physically to really where this is really going to be a series for him. In my opinion, I don't think that's anything. I mean, Iggy didn't really play at all um, in game four. Um, he didn't really play that much in game three. A little spots there, but I really don't know. I'm not saying you won't see him, but that's not a report to worth reporting on. And I like Iguodala, but he's he's irrelevant this series. And I, and I think going forward, it might not really be a series uh, for him. Uh, some other NBA news before we move on into the NFL. Uh, the Pelicans GM, you know, and Zions kind of spoke over the weekend in their situation. Mr. Gettleman, GM of. Uh, Pelican said, hey, uh, yeah, it's a no-brainer we give them the max. I know that was one of the questions. Do they give Zion a max? Do they do that? I know Zion today came out and said, hey, you know, I made no mistake about it. This is where I want to be. I want to be New Orleans. And it goes back to where there's two things that we've kind of always talked about on this show. When you look at these guys in Zion's situation and you look at them, when I speak of his situation, meaning, you know, coming up on his first contract, a all-star like Zion, a potential superstar, 90%, 95% of the time, they're going to sign a long-term deal, their first contract. When they get ready to move, if they want to go play with so-and-so or whatever, they usually don't force their hand until the second contract because the max contract, you can get a max contract, you just get the money. That's that's just a rule of thumb. So it doesn't surprise me that Zion's not looking to rock the boat where he was. And first of all, New Orleans is that team that's that's hovering in the West that is probably a healthy Zion away from really making some noise, being that next team in the West on the rise if you look at the pieces and you look at the coach that they have. Now, number two to that, it doesn't surprise me what the GM said in regards to are they, you know, going to give them the max because normally New Orleans, that's another small market type. Of, that's another small market team. And when you get a player, when you lock, luck up in the lottery to get a player like Zion, even though he hasn't really played, he didn't play all this year, but his upside, 
you just can't give up on those players that quick. You you just can't punt that because the chances of you getting another player, even with his his status, his his upside outside of coming to you free agency and, and you know not getting lucky in the lottery again, that doesn't happen. And out of all people, we should know that in this area code in the two one oh. Not the five one two, but the two one oh. Even though the five one two trying to pull Jack move on a cool, but the two one oh. You know, you should we should know that. You can so and now thinking about it, it no, it's not a shock that Gellman said, Yeah, we're gonna give them a max. They really have no choice. They really have no choice. You know? So So speaking on it Friday per ESPN, David Griffin saying, uh looking at, you know, do you extend him? If so, the performance for what it is that Zion has provided. ESPN saying he's played in just eighty five games. Through yeah. his three-year career so far, and you're looking at five years, one hundred eighty-one million to no commit choice. to this guy. They have no choice but to do it. They have no choice but to do it. And I said, Dave Gettleman. I'm thinking the giant sorry-ass GM. It's Griffin. My bad. I said, I call my own. So I said, Wait a minute. I call him Gettleman. That's giant sorry-ass former uh, GM. They have no choice to do it, Jonas. Yeah, but they but don't have no choice. When to you do look it. at the other half of his statement, when he plays, he's good, but he doesn't play. This is this has got to be one of those ones you pull the parachute on, right? Could no, you imagine if no, so? So so no. let, let let's change the jersey on him really fast. And if he's down here, the Spurs would be it, it would be a bad move to, no, to extend Zion like no, that. No, it wouldn't. You listen to what I'm saying. I don't think you hear what I'm saying. You're talking about a small market franchise that is in the shadow of the New Orleans Saints that's ran by Mickey Loomis that makes the final decisions. I mean, Mickey makes the final. Griffin is the GM, but Mickey Loomis makes the final decisions for the Saints, and he makes the final decision for the Pelicans. They already lost their for- former number one overpick, Anthony Davis, said, I want to get out of here. You get lucky in a situation, Zion. I understand that he hasn't played. They're not getting another Zion anytime soon. I don't care if Zion doesn't live up to whatever the expectations was with him. He has too much upside, and he hasn't played healthy. You, you've got guys that could want to play this. And you, if you look at uh, Brandon Ingram, you look C. at they got C.J. McCollum. Yeah. You don't let in, in, in the coaching and the prizes they got. They're the, they're the next sleeping team in the West. They're the next sleeping team in the West. They've got Zion is like icing on the cake. You can't give up on Zion that quickly. You but, can't. But that's why I wonder if you got this close and they did play uh, Golden State tight. If you've gotten this far without him, you could do more with that 181 Max deal and go after somebody else. Jo- Jonas, it comes down. I don't to, know that it, you need it, that piece. It, it, it comes down to who's taking the money. Do you know how long the Spurs have had money down here in regards to having a situation where you look at the Spurs? Every free agent for a while, even when the, you know they were, you know, when you talk about Tony Parker giving hometown discounts, Tim giving up, they've had excess money for a while. No one's taking it except one guy in one summer on a July Fourth weekend in Demarcus Aldridge. No one, it's, New Orleans is in the same boat and they ain't even got five rings. And they compete with the Saints. You can sit there and say, we can use that money to take it somebody else. No one's taking that. You, it, like, it, unless you're talking about somebody giving you a King's ransom for Zion and moving them, you can't sit there and just say, ah, oh, we ain't giving you the max because you only played 82 games. Lakers can do that. The Heat can do that. Teams like that, Golden State can do that. Teams, you you can't do that in New Orleans. That's the reason why Griffin's comments are like, oh, that's a no-brainer. Not saying it's right. Not saying that's how it should be. That's reality. 
Like, I mean, the, the point of it is the Spurs have had buku monies forever, and no one takes it. They've come, they've come into free agency in the top four, I don't know how many times, top four, top five in salary cap space. Can't get nobody to take the money. All right? That's reality. New Orleans is a small market, and they're competing with the Saints. That's already got a Super Bowl. That's a Saints town. It really is. That's a Saints town. It's not a Pelican town. They've, they've got to get. First of all, he's going to secure you televised games, something that we do not have down here. He's going to he's going to secure you primetime games on TNT. He's going to, you know, Saturday night when the NBA had their Saturday night schedule. He's going to give you an all star. I mean, hell, look what he's averaging the paint. I mean, hell, he's no one's done it in this show. I mean, this many times average what he's done in the paint. So you had to go back to Shaquille O'Neal, even the times you haven't paid. You got to pay him. Not saying it's right, but that's crazy. That That's crazy. You get one of those guys in the draft, you're going to have to go ahead and just pay him. That's just the way it is. I mean, we. I mean, a, a, a guy that wasn't even drafted overall number one and was picked up via trade on the draft day in Kawhi Leonard that molded himself and molded him into who he is now – this franchise still ain't recovered and probably never will. And how long has that been now? Uh, rest, I, okay. Four years ago. Rest my case. 1-800-707-9760. Switching gears to the National Football League. Um, I meant to bring this up last week, but, you know, um, Lamar, the Baltimore Ravens, I don't want to discredit them by saying they're one of the luckiest franchises in, in sports, I mean, in the NFL just say they're one of the most fortunate ones. Even this contract situation with Lamar Jackson, they get to really handle this. For the for the point of where you consider a guy that's won the MVP, that's box office like Lamar, that's going through a contract negotiation, and you could maybe call it a dispute because he ain't got paid yet, they've got to really pretty much fly under the radar with this. They really have. I mean, the considering c- compared to other organizations with other quarterbacks. They got lucky on that. Number two, he showed up. He hasn't been in any of the voluntary uh, camps, I mean, practices and stuff over the last month or so. This is the first time he has showed up to the facilities to participate in their mandatory mini camp, I think, that starts tomorrow. One of his teammates went live and said, hey, you see him here? He's here. Now, this is where I believe not having a legit agent represents you comes into play. Because he's representing himself along with uh, Mama Jackson. And everybody knows Lamar is a guy that's a competitor that wants to be there. He's a teammate type of guy. But I'm sorry. This is one of these, especially the, the way he plays with the physicality, the mobility, how many shots he can pretty much take, what has happened prior. This is one of those that you really... And I think his teammates would understand. This is one of those, in my opinion, maybe Ravens fans don't want to hear this, but these are one of those that you got to stay away until you come to some agreement. There's too much to risk. Because it's obviously the Ravens are on the fence about some things with Lamar. And if he would get hurt in minicamp or in camp, he'll never see that money again. He'll never get it. But this is where I believe, in my opinion, when you don't have an agent, see, an agent would be telling you that. An agent would not let you. He would sit you down and say, look, man, I understand this. Your team is mates can understand it, but this is business. If you want them to have this contract, evidently we've gone through some arbitrations with them. We've gone back and forth. You represent, but it's obviously that there's some, you know, hesitation there on their part. And if you go get hurt, we're never seeing that money. You're not seeing that money. 
Me personally, I like guys that's there, but I think Lamar and his situation, not OTAs. Maybe if you want to give in in camp, say, hey, man, we got to get ready. To see. Not at OTAs. And I'm probably missing the first week of camp. I mean, I don't want to kill him because he's doing it because it shows you that, hey, I'm really about the team. I want to get to the next level, but he's got too much to risk. And I believe this is this is really one of those where not having a Drew Rosenhaus, a Jimmy Sexton, guys like that that are agents, this is one of those that really hurts you, in my opinion. But he showed up. But to me, overall, they're really getting to handle this with crickets. I mean, this. I mean, we got a lot going on. We've got the Stanley Cup playoffs, which the finals are set, by the way, as the Lightning will take on the Avalanche. I, I mean, personally, I'm not a hockey guru. I mean, I really pay attention to it a lot, you know, toward the end of the season and really, you know, about a month left in the season, you go in the playoffs. It's been like that for the last six years, but um, – Really, I think with this matchup, they won on this because I think the Rangers, I think Colorado would have just, that wouldn't have been a good matchup for the Rangers. I think this is, you know, a two-time champion with the Lightning going against them. I think that's a more competitive deal. But you got the hockey going on. You know, you've got uh, the NBA playoffs going on and how this has played out. And you've had a lot of, and the trades, really. But I just think the Ravens have dodged a bullet being able to not. I mean, in normal circumstances, this would be leading Sports Center for the most part when you have a guy like Lamar Jackson that's really going through this big contract situation that's kind of not showed up for any voluntary stuff. I and mean, that's the first time in his career that's happened as well, too. When we got get back, I got some questions about Darius Leonard that no one's really, you know, asking, I believe. I want to talk about that before we uh, get out of here as well. You listen to the Sports Grind. We're broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included. And whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Tai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer with Sands for the one and twos. This next segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. All right, make sure you try out their pre-made alcoholic drinks, or you can just stick to uh, the original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Um, all right, so a couple of things before we get out of here and put Monday in the books. Um, Sticking to NFL, I've been meaning a few days to bring this up. Well, first of all, before we do that, do we have anything on Twitter or um, out there on live, streaming live that we want to read or comment to? Yeah, there's two that I'd like to bring up. Um, First one comes from Jazz. Uh, She said, you're exactly right about Kerr's loyalty. He's got to put young 
in all caps, young guys around Steph and Clay to keep up with the foot speed of the all caps, young and talented Celtics. Don't know why coaches haven't learned to put talented youth around their superstars. Um, that sounds like a jazz tweet. I mean, because even if you were, we were playing a guessing game and you just said, I'm on whose tweet is that? I would have said jazz. But there, I back jazz and, and I know where jazz comes from because jazz was on this kick forever on the show about pop play the young guys. She thought that he waited a little bit too late, but I will say, even though I agree with some of that, but I will say it's more than just basically running out young guys with the sake, sake of some of your veterans, just to run them out. It's a very sticky situation and really where it comes down to. And that's what we ran through down here is that when you're talking about dynasty runs, when you're talking about going to six out of eight finals with three rings, when you're talking about going to, five championships when you're talking about winning 50 plus games for 20 years in a row you it's one of those that you know it's the human nature you feel like man i've got a lot of success with these guys even though i might be looking at them and they're not who they are i kind of owe it to them to to ride out it's a thin line with that it just depends you've got to have the right young guys to go i just said in this situation with draymond green First of all, I think Draymond Green has some good years of basketball left in him. I don't think he's out there laboring around and, you know, he's barely getting up the court. That's not what we're talking about with, with, you know, with the young guys and just old guys taking up space. Draymond is just not, for whatever reason, just doesn't have it this series mentally. Okay. So that right there is, is, is one point. All right. Um, that's that. And it, that's kind of what I meant by that. But the whole thing of just young guys and plug, it's not as simple as just that. But even though I understand where jazz is coming from to, to a certain extent with that. And it's always, I like, I always tell y'all treat everything. It's a case by case basis situation, you know? So, and it is worth noting that of course, with their win in game four, uh, the trio of Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green has now tied the big three of timmy tony and manu for wins in the in the finals um in the last 50 seasons both trios have 19 yeah i did see that um they they put that on right after game four that's pretty impressive i mean golden state i mean they're true they did it quicker than timmy manu and tim um but to have 19 that is pretty impressive i mean honestly like i said if i get if they get this one I do think they're going to end up passing. I really do. Well, they they, uh, they would. I mean, if they if they well, I'm talking about, I, I'm talking about, I'm talking about the whole the way we look at the pitch. I'm not talking oh, about okay. just a street play. I'm talking about rings. I'm talking about a run because you know I feel like this is a freebie for them. They're without their big man. I mean, this would even be more impressive. I mean, they're without Wiseman. I mean, I know Wiseman hasn't really showed us yet really what Wiseman can be, but that's a former number two overall pick, and th- they could definitely use his size and his rebound this series. So if they are able to sneak by this one, because this would probably be the first series that I think definitely in the last 20 to 25 years that if Golden State wins, you can honestly say, you really don't know if the better team won. And for and it's always been sports church and gospel that the better team always wins a four out of seven. This would be the one if Golden State wins that you could really question to see if it or did we just witness one of the best, not shooting, 
but one of the best NBA players that we've seen in league history if he pulls this off. On that note, Dante checking in, uh, saying what Steph is doing is amazing. And uh, D-Wade definitely let people know um, that, that he believes Curry is that dude. Also for Curry to be doing this with his mom and his dad's divorce in the background. Of course, that got oh, some attention the yeah, other day, sure too, did. with all the craziness. It's incredible. Dante also saying that he's got Col- – because we, we, he, he is all up in the NHL with the Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup playoffs. He's got Colorado um, losing to Tampa Bay in six and uh, enjoyed the fights weekend as well. Okay. Yeah, that definitely got some run with with Dale Curry up there um, uh, with uh, Miss New Booty. I guess that's what they say. <laughs> Remember Bubba Sparks? I should ask you who said that. Who had a song with that? No one got that one. Oh, Bubba Sparks. Um, and then all of a sudden, it really took a turn weird because after the game, twenty four hours later, then people went digging. I'm like, damn, the internet. I mean, people, but people can go find. Can't tell anybody that somebody's crazy killing animals online that's looking kind of crazy psycho. Don't want to report that, but damn it. If, so, if Dale Curry or somebody pops up, we'll dig to find out, wait a minute, who's her husband? Who was she married to? You know, I, I guess, you know, they, you know, because I was wondering, I was like, damn, where's Steph's mom? And then when she surfaced, then it came down that I guess who she was with, who Dale was with, was married to, allegedly, I haven't even fat checked his mom, so was married to the guy that I guess Steph's mom. Is it just weird? I mean, whether it's a new way of swinging, I mean, you know, whether it's a new genre of swingers, you call it, or maybe it's just one of those that maybe Dale, maybe this lady was crying on the show. Cause I'm hearing that was really Steph's mom, the one that kind of stopped that stepped out. That's what the rumor is in the street is, but I don't know. You know, this is a sports show, but it just amazes me how quickly people can dig up on that, but we can't stay vigilant when we see crazy people doing stuff to animals and stuff like that, that might harm society. Just a side note on that. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of agree with kind of what Dante's saying in regards to even the, with the greatness of uh, of Steph, but it's on display. Um, also, um, what else? Do anything on Stream Live? Anything? No, no Stream Live? No, those are the ones I wanted to hit. Okay, just those. All right, so back to my point I wanted to make before we went to the break, sticking in the NFL. Uh, Darius Leonard. Arguably, probably one of the best linebackers um, in the National Football League. One of the young linebackers coming up. Third, I want to say third round pick um, out of a small school. Chris Ballard got really stole one. Um, AK, the maniac, that's what they call him in Colts Nation. Kind of flew on the radar because last week he had back surgery, a back procedure. Now, the Colts said that they expect him to be ready for the start of the season. The one thing no one's really asking about this, and, and I just go back to the evidence of what's, you know, what has taken place their offseason in regards to when they made the decision to move on from Carson Wentz, Darius Leonard was very vocal saying, wow, I'll be on my fourth quarterback in the four years I've been here. He was vocal about that. Um, so that kind of raised the flag to me. Um, very competitive, but one thing that, no one's asking. And it's kind of asked this question before thing like we are in like, we're literally about five weeks away from training camp and we've got OTAs already starting this week. Why isn't anybody asking why did Darius Leonard wait now 
to get a back see back pro unless unless he aggravated something which hasn't been reported or he hurt itself working out lifting weights or something like that or or maybe at a voluntary you know practice that they had or get to which I don't think that's the case because you heard about that my point is evidently you're back you've had some back problems lingering back to last season a back first off we've said it a lot on this show that back are one of those deals that you just don't want it once you start cutting on a back you have to be concerned if you are a professional athlete in any sport I don't care what it is but my question is why did he wait so long to have this procedure. Because I can tell you, he's not going to be in camp. And you're going to be installing pretty much a new defensive system with Gruss Bradley. And I would say you're going to have to keep your fingers crossed. If you're trying to go where the Colts are trying to, trying to go, because all I've heard from everybody, just not my household, but from a lot of people that's played this game before, they were one quarterback away. Okay, I don't know if I've bought into that. I don't know if I subscribe to that. But if you really are on that level, and you are looking to try to go play for that Lombardi or a team that should be playing in December or January, most likely you ain't going to rush him out there for the first week, few weeks of the season either. So I just want to know if it's one of those like, hey, you know what? I don't like the way things going, a little bit this and that. You know, I'm going to wait to go do this. And I know, you know, Derek Leonard, he battles – a lot of different things. I mean, he's one of those players. I haven't really been that vocal about it, but he's battled depression. He's one of those that deal with anxiety and stuff like that. So that's on a serious note. But I just felt, what is the point of him waiting that long to have that? And that's going to be something I wonder is going to come back that they're going to regret or not with him. Because trust me, Darius Leonard, I don't care how many pieces they've added in the offseason, which is a couple Okay, Gilmore, cornerback, which I still don't know what he's like out of the witness uh, witness protection program up in New England. Okay, hasn't really stayed healthy. I don't care who they've added. You take Darius Leonard off of that defense, and that's a different defensive team. And it's a different team anyway. You're talking about one of the most emotional leaders on either side of the ball in that in that def on that defense. Well, if you listen to Frank Reich's uh, report on it, he just says let's get ahead of it and not let it progress further. Uh, per USA Today, um, their cult site, um, they're saying that it had been kind of lingering in, in the last couple weeks. And so the, there's always a hesitation to go under the knife. Do you go under early if it's just a small thing? Been lingering uh, the last couple weeks or what? Just they, they, Their report is that it has been lingering the last couple weeks. That That's per cult swire at USA Today. So if it's been something that he thought maybe coming in, and he's already had his ankle work done, you know, that he was dealing with last year. So if it's one of those things where it's like, well, what, let's wait and see. And then and combining that USA Today report with Frank Reich's comment of let's just get ahead of it now. Then it was, we're going to see if we could hold off surgery coming to the, because we know that we know that going under the knife would take you out for sure. Then it's just kind of a wait and see, and then it's, oh, no, let's clean it up now. I would have to. He's I, still anticipating. Frank Reich is still saying that he'll be ready for camp. He expects to see him there. Well, to me, that's, you know, Derek Leonard's only in his fourth, coming in his, like, what, fifth, sixth year, coming in his fifth, sixth season. I don't think he's a guy, even though you wouldn't consider him a vet veteran, but I don't think he's a guy that automatically going to need camp. I mean, they are, you know, Gus Bradley is going to be their first year defensive coordinator there. I mean, Gus Bradley's been around the block a long time. Uh, so there's going to be some different things than what he did when, uh, 
Eberfist or Eberflus or however, whoever that's pronounced two different ways. So don't kill me. It's not one of those things I usually butcher. But I, I got to hear where he really, really tweaked to hurt himself. Because until I hear that more, when it, maybe that will come out. But, number one, I'm thinking this is something that's been borrowed than Darius Leonard going back to last season. I mean, that's my opinion. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but it is kind of way. And, and Frank Wright, I mean, first of all, why would you – I mean, we don't know – you know, specifically what exactly type of procedure this is on the back. But why would it be a situation where you would really think, expect he'd be there in six weeks in camp? You would want to try to bring that because that's one of those things that could flare up all through the season. One of these things here in the season. That's just, that's the reason why I wanted to touch on that. Uh, the other thing with, you know, we're coming off the Canadian Open and, you know, Roy McElroy, he won the Canadian Open. Um, he's going into the U.S. Open this week as a slight, probably betting favorite. Uh, over the field um, and really his comments. I mean, we spent a lot of time last week talking about tour live and where people stood on this, the Saudis and everything else, which you had one of those Saudi guys that came out on, I think it was uh, Amber Heard, you know, the whole Johnny Depp thing. And you had a Saudi man come out and publicly tell Amber Heard like, Hey, I could treat you better than Johnny. Just come over this way. And wow. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, damn, man, these damn Saudis got the chests out. They dripping on everything, man. They club to live. Now you shooting at American women that's gone through this. That's crazy as anyway. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, they really feeling themselves right now. High ass gas price and everything. But I will tell you that. Um, back to my back to my point here. Um, you know, Roy wins this, and Roy takes a little jab at old Greg Norman, the shark. And said, I've got 23, what did he say, 23 PGA wins now or something like that. He said, that's about one more than Greg. And he said he uses motivation because of his, you know, discomfort. He goes, think of that. He goes, I'm over here and you got a guy running that lead that's only got 22 tour wins. I was like, damn, they're really are digging down. Like, Tiger got these guys trained, right? Like, I'll change my number and ain't none of y'all's asses to get it. And you'll never be over here at, at, at this place again, out in Jupiter, anywhere else. And they've followed Justin Thomas tweeted out some like, hey, man, yeah. It's it, again, I'm going to see it's going to be very interesting on how the crowd treats Phil this week, because this is the most tournament that means the most to him major wise, anyways, and how his peers treat him. And I just feel, again, the commissioner of the PGA has come out and spoken, really did an interview during the course of that while the, the round action was going on and just said, hey, you know what? I had to do what I had to do because we had to send a message of why is this some a tour that's been good to all of us? I've got to protect our sponsors, our partners, our networks. I mean, he was very front for, and I said it last week, and I really feel that U.S. Open kind of dropped the ball. I don't know what their laws allow them to do, but I really feel it comes down to Augusta, U.S. place like that that's going to sit there and say, nope, sorry, can't play here, then yeah, we'll see you in court. But I thought Roy's comments of really jabbing at the shark was very entertaining. But we'll see what happens tonight at the Bay. That's a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. Special thanks to Mr. Sandspin in the one and twos, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up at Tyler, people in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region when that alarm goes off tomorrow morning. Before you hit the snooze button, before you roll out the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See you tomorrow.